Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. Every man, he says again, when man started, it was very good. It was good, but man got progressively worse. But then at the end, God releases that which is best. He has kept the best until now. Say now. Hallelujah. That now is a present now. You're living in this now moment. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Well, good morning, everybody. Once again, everybody that is here in the house of God today and everybody that is uh, joining us online today, everybody that's watching by way of Roku, by way of YouTube or however, or glory to God television, however you're listening or watching from all around the world, we just celebrate you. Thank you so much for being here today. Those of you that also that are listening by way of podcast, welcome, welcome, welcome. And by radio, there's a lot of stuff going on. So however you're listening or watching, we welcome you as a part of today's service. You are a part of the family and we welcome you so much. All right. As you as as everyone knows, you should know that we're in a series entitled Restore the Glory. Restore the glory. Hallelujah. I love that. Restore the glory. Glory to God. Sometimes you just got to yell and shout. Praise God. Restore the glory. And this would be part number three of that series. Praise God. And uh, today we're going to subtitle this. I'm going through the change. Oh, my God. I'm going through the change. I know that means uh, different things in different cultures. Praise the Lord. But uh, I'm telling you, if you hear the word of God today, you'll understand what we're talking about uh, just shortly. I'm going through the change. Praise God. Well, let's go back to uh, John, the second chapter, John, the second chapter. And we're going to continue to talk about uh, the first miracle of Jesus, the first miracle of Jesus there as Jesus turns water into wine. Now, I did not realize when we filmed our um, midweek service about two, two months ago or so, a month and a half, two months ago, that at the time that it would air, that we would be on the exact same thing on Sunday morning. So for some, it seems like it's scripted, but it is just by the Holy Ghost and not me. So it's the Lord's timing in it all, and it's just... So obviously God wants you to hear those of you, those of you that are watching uh, live and throughout the week, you're watching current videos and listen to current audios. If you've been in tune with it, in tune with the spirit, there's been a lot of water into whining going on here. So he really wants you to get this. This is this is definitely not me. All right. So let's go back into John, the second chapter. Let me show you some more that the Lord has revealed. I'm very excited about it. John, the second chapter, verses one through 11, and it starts like this, or it reads like this. And the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, they have no wine. Jesus uh, saith unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. 
And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three fergans apiece. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, winky face, I love that, I love that. You see that? Okay. But the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, verse 10, and saith unto him, every man at the beginning do have set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did, uh, did Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. Hallelujah. So, again, we're speaking from the subject of, I'm going through the change. Or we can say, I'm going through changes, but I like I'm going through the change. Hallelujah. I'm going through the change. Now, there are a number of things here that we can show you today in the word of God that the Lord has revealed to me. And I, I take great pleasure in showing the word of God to you. And I thank you so much for allowing me uh, to express my passion. My passion is the word of God. I love the word of God and I love to pray. Praise God. This morning when I was up early this morning and uh, I was walking around my living room and house and I had my my Bible, my paper Bible. Please don't throw your paper Bibles away. Praise God. <laughs> had my paper Bible and, and uh, I'm just um, just walking through the house holding that Bible on my chest. I was reading the scriptures and just walking back and forth, just praying in the spirit, praying in the spirit and just communing with the Father, and I thought to myself, wow, this is living, hallelujah, this is living, this is life, man, hallelujah, I pray that you'll be so filled with your purpose, so filled with your passion, that you come to that point, where you realize, wow, this is it, this is, this is what matters, communing with him, this is what matters, Oh my God, such a peace flooded my, my soul. Praise God, it was so wonderful. So I want to share with you some things that the Lord uh, shared with me, if that, that's okay with you. And I want you to see here, first of all, that there were two callings at this wedding. Two callings at the wedding. The first call, or we can say the invitation, but the first call there, everybody was called to the wedding. Jesus was invited or called to the wedding, his disciples, and of course, the mother of Jesus was also called. That's the first calling. A lot of people get invited, but you want to get to the second calling. The second calling is the calling to glory. Remember after the water, after the, after the host or after the governor of the wedding uh, tasted the wine, he then made a second call. Call. And he called him forth to reveal the glory. He called him forth for promotion. He said, this is what people normally do, but you have done this. So this is the second calling in here, the second calling. And so there are many people that will be called, but only a few that will be chosen. This is another level. This is another level, the second calling. The next thing I want you to see here is the progression of things, how the Holy Spirit is such a wonderful writer, such a wonderful writer. Even before we get into the text of the scripture today, look at verse number 10 once again. 
Now, this is after, again, the governor of the feast had called them, called, uh, called the bridegroom in. Look at verse number 10. Verse number 10 says, and saith unto him, every man at the beginning, say at the beginning, at the beginning. What happened at the beginning? Well, he doeth forth, set forth, or rather he doeth set forth good wine. At the beginning of things, a good wine was set forth. At the beginning, things were well. Now, think about the book of beginnings. And the book of beginnings is the book of Genesis, right? At the beginning, good things were set forth. But then when man got to do what man did, and we know what Adam and Eve did, what happened then? Things began to get worse. Isn't that, isn't that what the verse says here? It says, every man at the beginning do it set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. Notice the progression of the wine here. Notice the progression. Starts good, but then it gets worse. Then it says, but thou, talking to the bridegroom, of course, Jesus is the bridegroom. Uh, remember, we saw, saw that prophetic picture. We talked about that on last week. Every man, it says again, when man started, it was very good. It was good, but man got progressively worse. But then at the end, God releases that which is best. He has kept the best until now. Say now. Hallelujah. That now is a present now. You're living in this now moment. Glory to God. You're living in this now moment when the Lord is pouring out this last end time revival, this last end time uh, restoration of glory. Yes, Adam and Eve had the ball in the very beginning. They dropped it and things got progressively worse. But the Father has kept back the best until now. Glory to God. I'm going through the change hallelujah and i'm excited about the transformation that the lord jesus has initiated within us through the power and presence of his holy spirit glory to god we're living in that now moment glory and it's up to you and i to be involved in that second calling in the second calling and to allow the spirit to take us through the change glory to god i pray that you're there and so the, he said here, verse number 10 again, he said, but thou hast kept the, the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles, in verse number 11, this beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. God is doing a new thing. Let's go to Isaiah, Isaiah 43, verse 19. Isaiah 43, 19 says this, behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God's doing a new thing. It's a now thing. So don't even think about what happened and how things were before you said, well, before I had a good relationship with God, but things, things got all tangled up and I've I fallen away from the things of God. Don't even look at that because God's doing something new and God's can, God is doing something better. The best wine is reserved until now. Glory to God. The best is reserved to now. Now, we gave you a number of signs last week and we, we talked about how 
the water, of, rather the, the wine here represented the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Spirit, his power, his presence, his influence. And the wine also represents the blood of Christ, the cleansing the cleansing. We understand that wine represents blood. We talked about that on, on last Thursday night uh, as it relates to the communion, how blood and wine, you know, a wine symbolic of blood. And we know also here wine is symbolic of the spirit, how the Holy Spirit would cleanse us, cleanse us from the inside. He would change us from the inside out. We must give ourselves over to the change. Now, I want to show you something else. And of course, last week we talked about God's whatever Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Submit yourself to God's whatever. And you have to be convinced that what God has for you is better than what you have imagined for yourself. Glory. So let me show you some other things. Let's go back now uh, to John again. John, the second chapter, verse number nine. And we'll go a little bit further here. And so it says again, verse number nine, when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom. Now, notice it says, the water that was made wine. One more time, it says, the water that was made wine. It says, when the ruler or the governor of the feast tasted the water that was made wine. It doesn't say when he tasted the wine. It says, when he tasted the water that was made wine. Now this talks about uh, your identity because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and enters into your life, you will still be you. You will still be you. You will still be the water that was made wine. You will still be you, but you, the real you, the new you will be changed. In other words, you will not cease to exist. We'll still know you. Because the glory of that is how God can take a human vessel and change it in such a way that when people look back at you, they say, wow, I know that you, but something has happened. I, I know you, but something has happened. This brings glory to the Lord. This brings glory to him. Remember when the Lord Jesus healed the, the blind man on the side of the road or, or when he healed someone that was crippled and, and people said, hey, is that him? No, he looks like him. Yeah, we, that's him, all right. But now he's walking, he's leaping, he's talking, he's seeing. That brings glory to the Lord. When they know what you used to be, but they now see who you are, that brings glory to God. That's the change that the Father is bringing through your life Jesus is initiating it hallelujah he says take it out he says fill it up fill the water pots with water and then he does something the spirit of God moves upon the waters we've seen that also from the beginning the spirit of God moves upon the waters and the water is transformed into wine are you hearing going through the change so again this talks about this transformation talks about an internal work that Christ is doing on the inside of us. I want you to notice something that the pots there, the pots uh, that the Lord Jesus used uh, uh, during the transformation, rather we can say before the transformation and after the before, during and after the transformation, those water pots stayed the same. The stone pots, they were stone before the Lord used them, they were stone. While the transformation was taking place, it was stone afterwards. The outside did not change. Only the inside changed. 
Are you hearing me? Only the inside taste, uh, the inside changed. So the, again, the outside was unchanged, but the inside, the changes that happened on the inside of it could be tasted, it could be seen, and it could also be measured. Tasted, seen, and measured. It's an inside job. Turn to your neighbor and tell him it's an inside job. I'm telling you, it's an inside job. And Jesus tells us that this kingdom, this reality, this kingdom reality that he's bringing is on the inside. This change is occurring on the inside. So even though you still look the same outwardly, there's a change going on, a metamorphosis going on on the inside. Glory to God. Say with me, Father, thank you for changing me. Glory to God. Let's go to Luke, the 17th chapter, Luke 17. Let's look at uh, verse 20 through 21. I want to show you this. It says here, and when he was uh, demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, lo, here or lo, there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. The change is happening inside of you. It's happening inside of you. And we have to just agree with that and receive that. It's happening on the inside. Now, again, the water pots were stone before Jesus used them. They were stone while the transformation is taking place, was taking place. And they were stoned after the transformation took place. So the the the, the stone pots were vessels that God used for the transformation. There were vessels that God used, uh, we can say, to house the transformation. The outside unchanged, but the inside was changed and it brought glory to God. Let me show you this also in Romans, the 12th chapter. Romans 12, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. And it says this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present, or rather that ye present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Your bodies is that container. Your body contains your spirit and it contains your soul. Your body is like that stone container. What happens on the inside of the stone container? The water was made wine. The changes took place on the inside. And so the Bible says here, oh, the spirit, the spirit is urging us that we should present our bodies, our containers, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And then he talks about the change, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye, what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The transformation happens on the inside, not on the outside. Now, as you walk with God, people will obviously see on you, and I believe this will happen, that the people will see the glory of God on your life. I believe that they will be in this now season that we're in, this new wine that we're, uh, that, that this work that God is doing on the inside of us. I believe that the glory will be definitely better than that of Moses under the old covenant. Glory to God. When people looked at Moses on the old covenant, old covenant, they saw the glory of God on his face. 
and he was under an inferior covenant. But as we walk with Christ under this new dispensation of grace that he's given unto us, I believe that they will see the glory of God upon you in great measure. I believe that as you simply just walk into a room that the atmosphere will change. This new wine that God is bringing forth will even be superior uh, or this new move that God is bringing forth will even be superior than that in the uh, in the New Testament in the book of Acts and and so forth and so on even works done by the apostle because the Lord is keeping the best until now. Glory to God. Why? Because the world is darker than it was then. It's a lot darker and darkness has covered the earth and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon you and there will be many great signs, wonders and miracles that he will perform to validate the ministry of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. But the greatest sign that he will use will be the change that he produces on the inside of you. Glory to God. The changes he will produce on the inside of you. Now, as he's doing this, and we're in the last days now, and we believe, I believe that Jesus is soon to come, whether it's next week, next year, or 10 years, but I believe the Lord is soon to come. Now, in these last days, uh, as the Father is ushering us into this move of God by his Spirit, he is affecting a change in us. He's given us, he's given people an opportunity to be changed or to go through the change. Many will not uh, do it. Many will refuse to do it because they're still tied in into the world system. The Bible talks about this uh, in 2 Timothy, the third chapter. Let's read it just for a moment. 2 Timothy, the third chapter. We've seen this many times, but I want you to, sh I want to show it to you again. 2 Timothy, the third chapter, verses one through five. And it says this. Of the New Living Translation, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there sh there will be very difficult times. Can somebody say amen about that? For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be uh, love unloving and unforgiving. They will consider others, rather they will, they will slander others and have no self-control. My God, help us. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. Now look at verse number five. They will act religious. King James says they will have a, a form of godliness. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. They will reject the power. They will reject the change. They will reject the spirit that makes us godly. But you and I will receive the spirit. We will receive the power. And as a result of that, we will be made godly, not only in the spirit, but also in our actions. Glory to God. We will declare, Holy Spirit, I receive your ministry uh, right now that you're doing on the inside of me. I receive, I receive this transformation. As a matter of fact, I welcome you. I welcome the change. I welcome what you're doing in me. You're making me godly. And I receive it now in the name of Jesus. They reject you, but I say, yes, come, come, come. I receive the change. I receive the change. You're making me godly. 
glory to God. You're making me godly. We will receive it. Now, the other thing that I want you to, I need to show you too is about taste. Let's go back into John, the second chapter, verse number nine. Once again, these are the signs of this new move of God or this fresh move of God. John, second chapter, verse number nine again says, when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine. Now notice it said tasted, tasted. The word taste there means to, to feel. It means to make trial of. It means uh, to experience, to feel, to experience, to feel, make trial of, of course, but to experience. I like that word. I like those two words better, feel and experience. When this ruler felt and experienced this, he made a judgment call. This is better than the last. Now, this change is happening on the inside of you. As we're submitted to Christ Jesus, this change is happening. So I need to ask you this question. What do you think people normally feel or experience when they taste of you? And the room goes silent. What do you think that people normally feel or experience when they come in contact with you? Do they feel or do they taste confidence, taste boldness, or do they, they taste uncertainty and fear and lust or worry or pride or, or do they taste, hmm, you could be a good friend. Do they taste condemnation, criticism and hostility, judgment and, and jealousy and envy? Do, do you taste sour? Do you taste sweet? Do you taste bitter? I don't know how to do a bitter face. Do you taste bitter or do you taste yucky? How do you taste? How do you taste? When God says, all right, now it's time for your appearing. I'm going to, you have been, uh, you've been faithful. Now it's time for the second call. I'm calling you forth now to do what I've called you to do in the earth. Come now. It's time for your time of presentation. It's time for you to receive the glory that has been laid up for you. What will they taste of you? Well, what should they taste of you? That's a very, it's a much easier question. We can find that in Galatians, Galatians, the fifth chapter. As it talks about the fruit of the spirit, Galatians, the fifth chapter, verse 20 through 22 and 23. And it says this out of the New Living Translation. But the but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There is no law against these things. In short, they should taste Christ. They should taste the love of God. They should taste him. Now, not everybody loves the taste of Jesus. Not everybody loved the taste of Jesus back in Bible days. As a matter of fact, they didn't love him. They didn't love the taste so much they hung him on the cross. They spat on him. They mocked him. They lied on him. So don't think, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm developed the fruit of the spirit and everybody's going to love me. No, that's a lie. It's a lie. But those who love God will love you. 
Those who are pursuing God will love you. Are you hearing? So what's the answer in between? How do we get from a yucky taste to a taste of Christ? Well, the answer is going to be, it's not simple to say, but it's not always simple to do. The answer is this, that we must agree with the spirit. And we're beginning to close shortly. We must agree with the spirit. We got to spend time with him. And last, we're going to have to let go. Agree with the spirit, spend time with him, and we're going to have to let go. Verse 24 through 25, and it goes this way. It says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the spirit, let us follow the spirit's leading in every part of of our lives. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Look at this. Look at Matthew 16. Matthew 16, verses 24 through 26. Now, this is what I'm telling you to do is impossible in your flesh. Because man does not like to give up or to release. We are selfish by nature. By nature, it's all about us. What I feel, what I want, make you make me happy. By nature, we feel, in a fallen nature, we feel that everybody on this planet is here to make me happy. I can't get no talk in here. By nature, that's who we are. By human nature. But that divine nature that God has given to us, given to us through Christ Jesus is not like that. The nature of Christ is that of a servant. He loves and he gives. We're going to have to release that old and receive the new. Look at Matthew, Matthew 16. And that process of releasing the old and receiving the new, that's called crucifixion any day of the week. Are you hearing? Realizing that God will vindicate you. Matthew 16, verse 24 through 26 says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must do what? Give up your own way. One more time. You must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? You see, if you completely give yourself to the spirit, now this is a day-to-day process. If you completely give yourself to the Holy Spirit, he will produce in you that new wine, that good wine that will bring glory to Christ. Now, the last thing I want to show you today is that process. Notice it says, once again, it says the water that was made wine. The word made there can be summed up really in one word, become. The water that became wine. There in the wedding, it was an instant thing, bang. But here, it is a process of time. It's a day-to-day hanging on your cross. When you want to slap, but you want to cuss when they cuss you. Mm. 
We don't bury those feelings. We give those feelings to the Lord. We cast our cares unto him for he cares for us. He becomes our vindicator. He becomes our vindicator. He, the Bible says, vengeance is mine, said the Lord. I will repay. You're going to have to trust the Lord as you release those feelings to him. Release the feelings of anger and hurt and bitterness and jealousy. Release those feelings to him. And when you do that, you give, when you release it fully to him, you give him permission to operate as judge. But as long as you're holding their sins against you, you have the responsibility to be judge, jury, and executioner. And that's, of course, what we want to do. They hurt you. You want to judge them. You want to execute them immediately. Bring them to the chair as quickly as possible. Get this rascal out of here. But when you do that, when you serve judgment upon them, you actually serve it upon yourself. When you keep all of their sins against them, it actually hurts you. It hurts you. It destroys you because mankind was never. I mean, it's hard enough keeping our own sins. And the effect that our own sins have on us. If you haven't repented and you keep on and your own sins, your own sins are damaging. I can't get it. Is anybody here with me today online? Are you talking to me right now? Let's just have a conversation. Then how about that? Our own sins destroy us. But then we want to pile on the sins of others. No, you better keep your own sins. Hallelujah. I, I'm, I'm wrestling with mine over here. So when they sin against you, release it to God. I can't hold this. Because the total of yours plus theirs plus theirs plus theirs plus other people that have sinned against you and you keeping them all. My God is heaping all kind of ugly, googly, ooky stuff all on your life and it's killing us I'm ready for the change I'm not sure about you but I'm ready for the change so this process of water turning the wine well this water becoming wine is a process is a process that really the water think about the water pots once again and we're closing the water in the pots had to submit to the change it had to yield to the change it had to allow the, the mingling and the merging of the spirit within it. It had to release the water life and become this new, this new creation. Understand this, this math here. One human spirit plus one Holy Spirit, God's spirit, equals one new creation in Christ Jesus. As we release the old, God transforms us in the new. And you'll understand that as you release the battles that you're facing and releasing them to God, you will see that he will deal with people. He will, he will deal with places and he will deal with the things that have been dealing with you. But if you keep it, then you get to deal with it. You get to deal with it. But if you release it to him, cry out to him, he will be judge. He will be, he'll execute the judgment. He will carry it out. Now, what that is, that's between him and him and them. The Lord will deal with it. He'll deal with it. 
but we submit to the change that we continue to love them and we pray for them. Glory to God. We give their sins to the Lord. And then, of course, like I said, love and pray for them. And we continue in Christ, keeping our spirit man, our soul clean of the debris of their sin. You've got to keep your soul clean and pure from the from other people's debris. When they sin against you, it's like they throwing nasty trash on you. Now, I could say some stronger words, Richard. But when they sin against you, they throw it on you. If you don't clean it off, you begin to smell like it after a while. That's why when you go in prayer, God, I give this to you. When you confess it before him, what they did, what happened, it takes that off. You get in God's shower. And he cleanses you and he washes you with his blood. And you go out of that, go out of that place of prayer and you... Thank God for cleansing you and washing you. You get it off of you and you pray for them. God save them because something is really wrong with them. You heal them. You deliver them. Father, I release their sin into your hands and I pray that you save them, that you heal them, that you deliver them. I speak blessings over their lives. When you do that, you cleanse yourself from that offense. But if you fail to do that after a while, you will stink. Yes, I know I said stank and not stink. You got me, right? Closing number three. There's a difference between water and wine. Now, you cannot, if you take all the water out of wine, what do you have? Some sort of powder or something? I don't know. If you take all the water out of the wine, you no longer have wine. God set it up this way. You Oh, the, the spirit of God plus you will equal that wine. You're the water. And he transforms your life. And he makes you that wine, that good wine. Does that make sense? There is no good wine without you. He set it up that way. Now, there's a difference again between water and wine. The biggest difference we can see is how it affects other humans. Right? The biggest difference between water and wine is how it affects other humans. All right. I wonder if I can get a volunteer up here or two volunteers. You can keep your seat for a moment. And uh, somebody from the back is going to bring me one gallon of water. And uh, someone else is going to bring me one gallon of wine. And my two volunteers will stand here and, and one would drink a gallon of water. Another would drink a gallon of wine. And we will see which one has the greatest effect. We will see what will happen in just a short time. Now, maybe the one that drank the gallon of water will be running to the bathroom. Right? The one that drank the gallon of wine, we will see changes in their lives. Changes. They may not be able to drive home. They may not be able to walk out that door. What happens? This is a symbol uh, or sign of what God will do in your life. Your effect on other people will change. Your influence on other people will change. It's a difference, difference between water and wine. Once you let the Holy Spirit come in and, and change you and make you into that new person, anyone who's in Christ, the Bible says, hey, they're a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new, but we have to submit to the change. 
that God makes on the inside of us. Let me show you one more scripture here in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, Ephesians four, Ephesians four, verses 21 through 24. And it says this, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupt by lust and deception. Verse 23, instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Verse 24, put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. I'll say to you today, you have a choice. You can participate in the change that God is doing. You can participate in it right now, but you can have to let go of that old life. You have to let go of those old grudges. You say, Lord, it's hard. I can't do it. Right. You cannot do it in yourself because our human nature doesn't want to let it go. We want to hold people. It will take God to release it. So therefore, you're going to have to go to God and talk to God about it and receive the change that the spirit of God is doing in your life. We're living in that now moment when the spirit of God will say you have kept the best wine until now. This is that now moment when God is transforming his people. But we've got to submit to the change and welcome the spirit of God. So here's your assignment. This week, and even for the rest of your life, as the Spirit of God gives you utterance and as he, as he deals with you, release all the hurts, release all the pains, release, release them, and you may want to call people forth by name. Lord Rutabaga, what he did to me in 1914, that's too old. What he did to me in whatever time he did this to me and he hurt me, I release that offense to you. One by one, if you got to write them all down, release those offenses to the Lord, release those offenses to the Lord. Just like you in a courtroom, you write, you list out the judge, the, the charges before the judge. Lord, they have offended me in this area. They broke the law in that area, that area, that area. And you bring them all before him and say, Lord, I release them of their burdens. I release them of their sins. I declare they owe me nothing. When you do that, you are forgiving like Christ. And when you forgive like Christ, that allows Father the open door to then take hold of this case and deal with it. But as long as you deal with it, you have to deal with it and it's going to stink. So I pray that you choose well today. Allow the change. Allow the change. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this word you've given us today. Lord, I release this word by faith to your people in this room and all around the world. Lord, that you would give them courage, that you would give them boldness, that you would give them grace, the grace they need to release the offense of others and become that good wine, that new wine that will affect the lives of others around them. Father, I pray that they will see the value in your word and that they will decide to make the change. Father, I pray that we will not be like those who reject the power that can make us godly. But Lord, I pray that we will receive the power that makes us godly. So Father, I release this word to you and I pray over your people that they will come forth into your glory and that you will restore the glory in their lives and in the church and in this world today. Use us, Father, for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Love you guys. See you next time. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. We are done today in Jesus' mighty name. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.